Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Law Show, episode 127. My guest today will be Joe Casey, the singer and lyricist for the Detroit-based post-punk, air quotes, band Proto Martyr. He's also a huge Tigers fan. So we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Proto Martyr's newest album, Formal Growth in the Desert, which is excellent, and also talk about the Tigers and his longstanding interest in baseball. For those of you who are subscribers to The Athletic, uh, since my last podcast, I have had a lot of content on Friday, my new ranking of the top 60 prospect prospects still in the minors uh, went up. Uh, and then <laughs> between when I filed that and when, uh, it was published, Sal Freelich, who was number 31 on the list was called up to the brewer. So I won't be editing it, uh, with every call up. It seems like a lot of work. It just sounds exhausting. He's even as I say it out loud, but I promise you those 60 players were still in the minor leagues. Um, as of whenever I finally sent the last words to my editors. Prior to that, we had the draft, and I did my annual recaps of all 30 teams' draft classes, focusing on the top few rounds, top five or so rounds, slash players who were likely to sign for overslot, um, skipping over, obviously, some of the college seniors and uh, fifth-year guys, etc. But those are up. There's one file for the AL, and there's one file for the NL as well. And prior to that, I did an extensive day one recap um, after the first night of the draft and then took a few days off to try to sleep. As we head towards the trade deadline, also, I will be doing some kind of breakdown uh, with every trade, at least every trade that involves a prospect. I may do some that are major league only that depends on what some of my colleagues are doing as well. But if there are prospects involved, look for some kind of trade analysis. Obviously, if Shohei Otani gets traded, you're going to see a lot of content at The Athletic about that. But that is a deal that will likely include several prospects or very young major leaguers. And I will be offering analysis of that as well. Finally, I do want to mention if you are going to be at Gen Con, uh, which is the big board game convention held in Indianapolis every year, I will be there as usual. They have uh, announced that they're reopening in the uh, JW Marriott that's attached to the convention center. There'll be a large open gaming space. I will try to just hang out there when I am not having meetings with publishers or, or otherwise committed and would love to catch up with any of you who are there. Usually I meet, I don't know, about a half dozen of you or so of you there every year. We'd love to catch up, say hi, maybe play a game if we have some time. So uh, feel free to drop me a message on any of the many social media sites I'm on. I'm on Twitter, Threads, Blue Sky, Spoutable. Still a big Spoutable fan. I think they're they're of the contenders. Their growth is a little slower, but I think it's much more intentional. And there's some actual moderation happening. And I would much rather have that than what we're seeing on some of these other sites. Um, 
still on Instagram as well. And you can just drop me a, a comment or a, or a tweet or a skeet on any of Thor Spout on any of those sites and let me know if I can see you in Indianapolis. Well, now it's my great pleasure to be joined today by Joe Casey, the lead singer and lyricist for the Detroit band Proto Martyr, whose latest album, Formal Growth in the Desert, which is excellent, came out on June 2nd from Domino Records. Joe, thank you for joining me today. It's great to be here. So I really wanted to talk to you because you're a Tigers fan and just a general baseball fan, but we'll talk a little about the new album first. I feel obligated to do that. Oh, uh, great. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I read a great interview you did with Stereo Gum a couple months ago where you referred to someone saying your album wasn't post-punk enough, which got an actual laugh out loud from me um, because mm -hmm. I don't even know what that means. And I would say I am someone who generally likes things that are post-punk, but also that means a lot of things. Do you even right. think of that as your genre? And do you like? Do you care? Most musicians I talk to are sort of like genres. Yes, I mean it's important to to not to try to stay in a genre. The the problem is, especially with young fans, but you know also old uh, pedantic guys. Uh, <laughs> people like having things in categories. It's how uh, streaming services work. It's how online. Uh, ratings pages where it's it's how people kind of consume music now is they'll listen to a post-punk playlist or whatever and that becomes defined by certain characteristics and if you stray outside of those markers then you know maybe you don't so when we started out we were probably just a punk band not because we wanted to be a punk band but just because we sounded terrible and i yelled a lot <laughs> and now we're kind of you know but you, you don't also don't want to just be a rock and roll band because that is so vague to be completely meaningless. Um, so it's like one of those things that you just have to kind of uh, grin and bear, you know. And you're, I think you're in your mid forties, and I just turned fifty. So we're like we're of the age. I, I think that post punk means something fairly specific to when we were kids, right? I remember. I will not claim I was a Gang of Four fan when I was six. Um, right. But I remember their existence, right? And then as I got older, too, sort of came around to, oh, this this is really good. Once I sort right. of, I think I had to get over the very Britishness of it, too, as sure. just a snotty American kid, whatever. And eventually it's like, oh, no, they, that's much better music, actually. Like, that, to me, is post-punk and its, dis, its descendants from that. And if you wanted to say, oh, this new Proto Mortar album sounds like it was influenced by some of the you know, gang of four etc sure whatever but does that make you post-punk or my favorite is post-hardcore i still have no idea what that means and yeah i mean uh, <laughs> what i always took from post-punk was that it was the music made it all over the world in a period after punk that took kind of influence from, from punk what separated it from just your basic rock and roll was that it was trying to be experimental, whatever that means. And it wasn't completely like based around blue, like blues based rock and roll. It was like taking different influences. And then uh, post hardcore, I guess is just uh, bands that uh, it's funny because I know a lot of bands that used to be hardcore and then they end up becoming like country bands. That seems to be like the pipeline. Uh, I think post hardcore <laughs> just means that, you don't yell as much and there's maybe you try to bring in some melody, I think is what post hardcore is. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's funny how uh, uh, genres work and you know, the, the dream is to invent your own genre and then mm. uh, go from there. Uh, I know late stage capitalism 
has been, or just criticism of capitalism has been a big theme, not just this album, but just across your entire career. I'm curious, do you feel more or less pessimistic right now about the state of our society? Because I feel like I could, I'm probably a pessimist by nature, but I could make an argument either way if you asked me to. Right. Well, I mean, I try to be, when, when you see what younger people are doing, uh, that you can feel very positive about that in some respects where they seem to, I think what happens when you get older is you kind of, you see the end is coming. And so you just become like, oh, things never change. And which is true, but, um, you know, uh, you have to be hopeful for the future, I guess, even if you're not going to be around to see it. Uh, but it, it is weird how, you know, you think that, Oh, if so-and-so gets elected then everything will be better or if, you know, and then it doesn't change or, you know, um, I mean, I think being in the music business, you have to be a pessimist, uh, <laughs> but uh, that's just me. Yes. Well, I, I don't want to derail us into like a long discussion of the hell of streaming, but right. Yeah, it's, right. yeah, it sucks. Actually. Yes. I had my daughter, um, a teenage daughter and then two stepdaughters who are younger. And I will say, I they are my reason for optimism. If I have a reason for optimism, right. it's their awareness and their you know, belief in social justice. Um, even the youngest is, like, is catching on pretty quickly. But I showed right. my teenage daughter this uh, Snoop Dogg rant. I don't know what he was at. He was on some panel and he went on a long right. rant about streaming. I saw that too, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I showed her this. I said, this explains why streaming is bad because she and my stepdaughters, they're growing up in a world with that's it. That's how you consume music. Right. And right. I, and I, know, and I'm I, not mad at them. Yeah. I'm not mad at the consumer because if something is given to you so easily, uh, you know, it's the same thing with like streaming uh, TV shows and why the, the actors are, and the writers are going on strike. Unfortunately, as Snoop says, <laughs> uh, musicians can't go on strike. Uh, it's not, it doesn't work the same way. So yes, I mean, I, I don't have any streaming services for music uh, because I think it would be hypocritical, but um, I do feel like I'm missing out on, I feel like a Luddite sometimes that I'm not uh, engaged in that sort of thing. But. I feel, I, I subscribe to Spotify and honestly, it's how I found your music. So, and lots of bands that I might not have heard of. So I feel very torn. Like I, I like its existence. I, and I hate the business model. So am I propping up a business model that is eh, probably unethical on some level and certainly unfair to artists. But at the same time, I could, like, I've gone to concerts of bands that I only discovered because I have streaming service. And because I, I, I don't do the thing you do, you said, which is like, I swear I saw an interview where you referred to like the evil clown playlist on Spotify. And I was like, yeah, those, I've seen that stuff. And that's, terrifying because also i feel like those are it makes me think is this just payola all over again like from the 60s where it's like oh this record label said put these songs on a playlist no i don't want you to tell me the whole point of this was i get to decide what i listen to to get away from corporate radio and are we just going right back into that it's a it's a new form of corporate radio where and it's the playlists where it's like oh like the, the bands that get played you know get placement or usually you know have some sort of relationship with spotify but like like you said, I'm glad that we're on it because if we weren't on it, nobody would hear us. You know, it's not like, you know, we do reach people by occasionally, maybe after they burn through the bands that have been in at the top of the playlist and they get down to us. And sometimes we're lucky and one song will pop up to a playlist or whatever. 
but we're a band and you know and there it's not like the rest of the guys in the band are old but we're in a, a band that we're like okay we're going to make an album with a side a and a side b mm-hmm. and we're still going to do that but it, it is frustrating when you put out a record that's like a full complete piece and then it's like it doesn't exist it's just one or two songs from it pop you know i guess that's the old days of like the singles from the record are the ones you know but yeah. at least so the singles uh, my memory is you know i buy a single i, I used to have actual vinyl and then it was cassette right. singles remember when those were yeah, big deal. singles yeah because singles yeah. yes yeah god what a, but the, the money and the plastic wasted on those things like I, right. it's not even but that but the idea was also they were teasers for the album ultimately it's like hey i like two songs by this band three songs by this band i should just buy the album right eventually it became right. more it was also just often more cost effective for a while and right. i do yeah i agree we've lost we have lost that um, which seems like a shame because some some albums are not like that. Some albums are clearly two songs and a bunch of filler, but some are complete documents, like a book, that are meant to right. be consumed in a certain way, and and that may be but gone. That's the thing. I, I I but I but then somebody reminded me recently. It's like, yeah, do you remember when you'd go and you'd spend like sixteen dollars on a CD, and because you spent sixteen dollars on it, you'd listen to it, and be like, oh, this is pretty good. Oh boy, I really like that. Like you'd force yourself to like stuff because you spent <laughs> you spent the money, yes. and you're like, oh, I got this. You know, oh, I bought the CD and I just got this one song on it that I like. Oh boy, you know, yeah. So, I, I think it's just you know now that you can listen to anything in the world, uh, people can be a little bit more. Uh, they're, they're not forced to listen to things. So, I mean, maybe that's a good thing that they're you know, but yeah. From the new album, I think my favorite, you have, there's a lot of great lyrics on there, but I, the topically at least, I particularly liked Fun in High School, which for folks who haven't heard it is, and forgive me if I'm not doing a good job summarizing it, but it's sort of about people who peaked in life as teenagers, which to me is, like, if I never hear Glory Days again for the rest of my life, it would be fine. Every damn ballpark I go to, and I'm like, this is not a happy song about baseball. Why are you playing this? You don't oh, like, no. p- right? They don't get it. Well, like born in the USA, no, people don't get it. So can we have fun no. in high school replace that maybe at ballparks? That would be great if we could, oh, if you could I mean, make that happen. Yes, because I mean, that's to me like, yeah, the idea of peaking in high school. And like I said earlier, as you get older and you realize things don't change, uh, I was very disturbed to find out that Ron DeSantis is younger than me or like the same age as me. And then you, you realize like, oh, like these are the people that were the worst in high school and now they're running you thought you'd never bump into these people again, you know, or like these types. Like I've avoided them, uh, you know, by not going into the workforce. You know, I'm like, I don't want to deal with these people anymore. And then to have them kind of running the world is uh, disturbing. But also, yeah, I mean, everybody knows that type where they were the hot shit in, in, in high school. And then, you know, they've been living off those fumes for uh, right. for years and years. <laughs> yeah. There were, I actually had a college, not my cl- not my year i think he was one year behind me and i didn't like this guy in college just like on a visceral level it's like you and i are not the same and i was no picnic in college it's not i'm not trying to make myself out to be some like but don't hear this guy's name for 20 something years and then something pops up about a conservative state legislator from florida with some culture war woke nonsense and i look i'm like I know that guy. Yeah. And of course it was him. I was like, are you kidding me? Like, right. I thought I, I, I thought I got out of there and I never had to hear from these people again, which I, I did get that vibe from the song too. It's like, no, these are the people I didn't peek in 
high school. I'm not saying that to brag. I sucked in high school. I've done okay as an adult, fortunately, and I'm good with that. And I would like to, I guess this is one place where I have to be an optimist or I, I don't know how I'd get out of bed in the morning. I, I think better things might be ahead. There's at least a chance. I can't imagine waking up and thinking high school was it. Right. Oh yeah. But, but then that's, I mean, that's kind of the, the poison in the tail of that song is the longer you live, mm-hmm. the harder it is to think that oh, better times are ahead. Like the, the, you know, the pull of nostalgia will get everyone if you live long enough, you know, <laughs> like where yes. the past will be the majority of your life and that will be where you, you existed. So, but yeah, I did want to get, uh, you know, and, it's funny how that song came together because it really was kind of a late night. Uh, let's just come up with a song and see if it works and why we were recording. And it was, uh, it was kind of great to see it come together because it was just like a visceral, like I'm going to rant and, and, and rave over this. And I don't know if it's good it, on the album. I don't think it's the best uh, baseball song that can be played at stadiums, <laughs> so, but it, yeah, I'd love to see that. Yeah. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms and restrictions apply. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the Internet now. Oh, sure. Next, you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Terms or restrictions apply. Well, yeah, let's talk a little baseball and, and put how this – I don't know if I'd missed this before. I guess there, I know there was a Dimitri Young reference on one of your previous albums, which I hadn't caught. Oh, on this one. I, on this one. Oh, yeah. it's on this one? Okay. Well, I mean yeah. that's why I thought – because there's a Lou Whitaker reference, which is the one I did caught because I right. am – I, I guess the biggest cheerleader for Lou Whitaker belonging in the Hall of Fame. It was in one of my books. Yes. I had a whole section on it. Like this is – it is an atrocity that he is not in the Hall, particularly some of the – uh, some of the lesser players who've gotten voted in. And I have many, many thoughts on that. And I think it was in 3,800 Tigers, which originally you're talking about actual tiger, the feline right. Tigers. And then there's a Sweet Lou reference. And I heard that. I'm like, did he just drop a Lou Whitaker reference? I'm like, furiously Googling. Right. Right? Did I hear what I think I heard? And sure enough, it is. So, yes. which I was curious, like, were, tell me about your baseball fandom. Were you a Tigers fan from birth? And and did you stay with them? Obviously, you're old enough to remember 84. And then they right. We're very good for a long time. So what's, what yeah. is your arc of baseball fandom? Well, I was thinking about it today. I was kind of mapping it out. Uh, my dad was from Massachusetts originally, and he was one of those guys. He didn't bring his Boston fandom with him. He's like, I'm in a new place. I'll be into the Tigers. And then when we grew up, we had uh, right behind us, in the street right behind us was a uh, uh, old Tigers player Billy Rogel from like the, the you know played in the 30s and stuff and mm-hmm. he was like a city councilman and so having that like you'd go over to his house and his old man would like sign baseballs for you and you had no idea who he was but you're like oh that's Billy Rogel um, so it's like that 
early on was like a bass, you know, and my dad would listen to uh, Ernie Harwell and listening, hearing it on the radio was kind of the, the way that like, I got into it. And my dad would keep score. And then 84, I'm the, I was born in 77. So I'm like the perfect age to like, wait, the Tigers win the world series. This is going to happen all the time. This is great. Right. So that was like <laughs> the height of my fandom. And the city was just great. Then like you'd go to a gas station and you'd get like, glasses with you know the tigers on it and you know lou whitaker was my favorite but also lance parish mm-hmm. i liked because he was a little bit of a heavier guy and i was a little bit of a heavier kid so i'm like oh yeah i'll be a catcher someday and, um but then getting into little league after that i was so bad at little league that i kind of was like oh you know baseball's not for me but um i stayed in little league long enough when everybody else went to cyo i stayed in little league and so i was like the oldest kid in little league and by then you know, I was just smoking it. I was the best player. You know, it was great. Uh, I wish I could stay a little week forever. I'd be even better yeah. now. Uh, but so, you know, and then it's funny because I was like the, the time period was, you know, kind of in 1995. That's when Sparky left. Uh, that's when they uh, they fired uh, like Ernie Harwell. They fired around then. So like the, right when I was going into college, the Tigers started really sucking again. And so I kind of you know, did my college thing and tried to be cool and didn't really follow baseball much. But then, you know, coming out of college and not having a job, then the Tigers were good again. You know, we had Jim Leland, who kind of reminded me of Sparky Anderson and and uh, as a co- coach. And we had, you know, that's when we went to the World, World Series. I was just reminded of this. We played St. Louis and I had three different people apologize to, to me that, like in 2006, when we lost the World Series to St. Louis, they're like, "Thank you so much, you know, for letting the Tigers beat us, <laughs> or uh, <laughs> we can beat the Tigers." You know, kind of like rubbing it in a little bit. And I was like, "Oh yeah, right." You know, because I remember, you know, so I was back. It really loved the Tigers, and then it's funny in 2012, right around the start of like when we we're getting into starting Proto Martyr, then the Tigers are good again. And I remember like going, actually, it was the first time I ever went to a World Series game, and it was the game where they lost, where they got, you know, it was four games. They got swept by the Giants, I think. And it was a rainy day. And, you know, it was almost like you need to turn away from baseball and get into post punk because like, it was like <laughs> raining and got swept, and it was a perfect kind of lineup. And since then, like, I've been, you know, after my dad passed away in 2008, like, I kind of, got into it baseball again is kind of remembering my dad and cleaning out the house. We found stacks and stacks of like him keeping score of every, you know, every game that he'd listened to just listening to the radio. So yeah, I mean, it's been a long and, and lately from touring and stuff, I haven't been keeping up too much. Um, I think uh, we're pretty bad right now (laughs) where I I looked on the, I'm like, did I miss anything? I looked at the Wikipedia page and it says that we are currently in our rebuilding phase and it's been since like 2016 or so. So we're going to build it. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah. I I do think things are trending up at least like there are some really good young hitters in the major league lineup. Now I'm a big Riley green fan, especially. Um, and now that he's back from he broke up one of his bones in his leg, but he's really hitting. Um, and they just, it was, they had the, go ahead. Sorry. I was just gonna say it was hilarious because we had, um, we heard that we were trying to get, uh, uh, 3,800 tigers played at a tigers game. That was kind of our dream. And we heard from the tigers organization. They're like, 
oh, like maybe you can have a listening party at the Tigers game. And maybe you can throw out the first pitch. And I was like, oh, uh, and I was like practicing. And then, of course, it turned out like, no, they weren't going to play the song and they weren't going to, you know, somebody paid money to throw out the first pitch. So we had a little listening party, which was kind of nice. But that day they're giving out uh, green hats, you know, for him. And like everyone's like, oh, we're so excited about him. And then the very next game is the one he got injured <laughs> and, and, uh, so it's almost like I had cursed the Tigers for not letting me throw out the or not playing our song because after that they really they took a nosedive this year and I'm going to continue that they will not win the World Series until they play a program murder song <laughs> during a game because we watched the game and then they played like Kid Rock four or five times and I was like they need to update some of this you know and that's the thing is I was like okay they're not going to play the song it's fine you know but then you watch I. You know, it was the first time I'd been in a uh, at a Tigers game that, this year, and I was reminded how many songs they play during a game. It's like hundreds of songs, little clips and stuff. So I was surprised that uh, they couldn't fit it in somewhere. But, you know, modern baseball, what can you do? Shouldn't they play the MC5 instead if you're going to go Detroit rock? You like... know, they do play some Motown, which is good. But, no, they, That's they great. have the weirdest, the weirdest choices. It's a lot, you know, um, it's not necessarily – too too hip and there's uh yeah I'm trying to think there's one song where i'm like wait a minute this is more well known from another although what they do play they used to play what i think it's one of the reasons why we lost against uh, the giants in that world series was they tried to do um uh uh the what's the song uh born and raised in south detroit they try to play that song. oh i uh, don't stop believing don't stop believing yeah. but that they're from journeys from the bay area yeah and and the giants famously play journey songs and it's like we wait we're trying to play this is right that's not that's a curse right there yeah (laughs) and the fact that there's no south detroit necessarily so oh there you go yeah yeah. i just fit the lyrics i guess yeah yeah it sounded good oh i was this many days old when i knew that when i learned Mm -hmm. that Yes, I knew they were a Bay Area band, obviously, because yeah. I remember when they were they were like a prog rock band in the yeah. 70s. And I actually yeah. particularly remember the horrible video game, Journey Escape, that I've, came out vague, yes. in the Atari era, right? I'm an Atari, I'm an Atari kid. I had an Atari right. system. Right. And I do remember yeah, that, that. That game was like you were trying to escape groupies, I think. As you were trying oh. to manipulate, I'm doing, people can't see, obviously I'm doing like the joystick motion because right. I'm old yeah. enough and probably looks obscene. Well, one anyways. stick and one button. Yes, yeah. exactly. Exactly. Oh yeah. It's another mm-hmm. one of those, like trying to explain side A and side B to any of my kids. Like, what are you talking right. about? And they ignore me and go back to the switch of the phone. And I'm like, yeah, right. you, you guys have it so easy. You don't know how hard it was to play video games. Rotary phones. Day. That, that one especially, yeah. Oh, my daughter has one like as a souvenir that she got. I think my parents were moving and she's just like, what is that? Oh, my God. I'm like, you can see it in a museum someday. Knock it off. Right. And we still have it in the basement. It's not like she does anything with it, but she was so utterly fascinated by it. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Just the the idea of waiting for the the thing to come back so you can dial the next number. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What's a dial tone? The phone is making a weird noise. That's a dial tone, honey. Sorry. That's right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, I have also seen you. You mentioned just sort of that you tend to like underdogs on other teams too. I don't know. I'm curious if you have other other players you've liked watching. It could be this year. It could be the last couple of years. I'm 
a little biased as a prospects guy, but I just feel like this year we've had a lot of really exciting young players too, which just always kind of gets me energized when they, the guys I've been writing about for a while get to the majors and do big things. So I was curious if anyone's kind of caught your eye or if you're tracking certain teams or players. Not this, not this year. Um, I'm hoping to get into it more now, like, cause we have a, a, a tour coming up. And then after that, I'm going to be home for enough time to actually sit down and watch some games and kind of like get into it. Um, I, I do know a couple of years ago, there was some magazine was like, Oh, like who's your favorite new Tiger player? And I was like, I, I don't know. And I just looked up uh, at the roster and I was like, Akil Badu. That's a funny name. I'll yeah, pick him. That's a good one. And then he ended up doing really good. And then I was like, player. oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm good at picking. You know? yep. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I hope, you know, I, I, I do, I have heard the buzz that, like, because I, on tour, you bump into, you wear the Tigers hat. People are like, oh, are you really a fan of the Tigers? And I usually say, oh, yeah, they go, we're building. We really stink. But most people are like, oh, no, no, there's, there's some prospects. There's some, there's some hope. There's some light. So, that's good to hear. Yeah. 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 I love the kid. They just took a high school player from Indianapolis, Max Clark in the draft. Okay. Their first round pick in the draft. I'm a big fan. I, th- like, I think I saw that. All right. So he'll be a guy. Keep an eye he's on got, him. My daughter was impressed because he has about 400,000 followers on Instagram. She's like, he has more Instagram followers than you. I said, honey, most people do. I have like 3000 yes. followers and I post pictures of food and board games. It's not that exciting. Right. So, right. But yeah. four, that's pretty good. That's pretty yeah. good. I had to check out yeah. his content. Yeah, yeah, he's a, he's good, he's a good he's very talented. So they got a good one. You, that's one to be excited about. So just before I let you go, so you are touring. It's in Europe now, right? That is the first tour. Yeah, we just got done with a, a massive uh, American tour. We did the whole loop, and I wouldn't suggest that anyone does that because <laughs> it's <laughs> mentally very taxing. Uh, and this one's just a nice little two week tour in Europe where we kind of go up to the Scandinavian countries. And then we're back in the fall for a more complete European thing where we hit some places that we've missed. But yeah, and then hopefully touring tour. You know, the dream is to get down to Mexico. Uh, it's one thing we've never played. We've only played Tijuana once. So dream to play Mexico and possibly South America. And we still haven't played Japan. So that's one of the ones that we kind of. Speaking of baseball, I'd like to go see a baseball game in Japan. That'd be a dream come true. I, I would too. I've actually been to Taiwan for work a long time ago to see some high school players and have just never managed to make Japan work out, which people I, people I talk to are like, how have you never been to Japan? I'm like, yeah, I know. I know. 22 years, I've still never been. This is ridiculous. Um, it turns out it's, very, it's rather expensive to go there. So yeah, I mean that's that's kind of what we're trying to figure out now is like can we make it and we we're kind of a band that especially going to places that we haven't been before it's like as long as we can break even it'd be nice to play these places cuz you know some places you, you, it's just so expensive to go and you're not guaranteed an audience necessarily. <laughs> so we don't know if people would come out if we would, if we played Japan so it's kind of a risk but I think it's something that we have to we have on our bucket list as a band to to do. Yeah, and you got it. Like you said, you got to go to a game when you're over there. The atmosphere looks exactly fantastic. Yes, I want to just the whole vibe. I want to take that all in. Yeah, yeah, I would. Uh, I would love to do that someday myself. Uh, my guest today has been Joe Casey of the uh, Detroit-based post-punk band Proto Martyr. Right. You should check out their new album, Formal Growth in the Desert, which came out on June second, uh, and you can find it on all of the evil streaming services. Joe, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. That's all for this week's show. Thanks so much for listening. Stay safe.
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.